Welcome to Conversation Pace. In episode 48, I spoke with Sarah Lopez. Sarah's an athlete on Vinado 2, working with Aim for It Coaching. Recently, Sarah set new PRs at 113.53 in the half and 32.59 for 10K. Both were road racing wins, too. We learned in this episode how her pursuit to become a walk on at BYU put her down a pretty dark path. Now she refound her love of running and training again. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Sarah, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so where are you calling in from? I am calling in from Utah. So I'm in American Fork, Utah. It's about 35 minutes south of Salt Lake. Okay. I've never been out that way. I've just kind of driven through. Um, sadly, I've never spent much time in Utah. So how long have you been out there? Uh, we have been here for, it's been almost five years. I came in 2017 for school and then I graduated last year and then just been working since. I saw you, you went to BYU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you run there or no? I did not. No. And so I guess we'll, we'll get into that. I'll, <laughs> I'll step back, but, um, I was just curious. I didn't think so, but I just wanted to, to double check. Yeah. Um, cool. So are you working full time now or? Yeah, I work full time. I work for Qualtrics. I don't know if you've ever taken the Qualtrics survey or something like that. It's that company. So I just work operations in the sales team. Okay. So real get like a quick overview. What's Qualtrics? I'm not so familiar. Yeah. So Qualtrics is a experience management company. Uh, we work with different companies and improving their client experiences, employee experiences. A lot of the ways we do that is through surveys. So if you've ever done something with a company and they send you a survey after like, how was your experience? That, that's us. That's what we do. <laughs> nice. So we have to talk about uh, the experience on VDOT not to <laughs> yeah. uh, shamelessly plug um, the app, but um, we'd love, definitely want to talk a little bit about that and how you've been using it. Yeah. When we talk a little bit more about your training, um, I did notice you you had mentioned on social that you're leaving Utah. Yes. Or no? Yes, that's correct. So I'm from Washington State originally. That's where I grew up, and so my husband and I we were thinking about buying a house the last year, and the housing market in Utah is <laughs> insane right now. We can't afford anything. So, yeah, I was talking to my mom. I was like, Mom, like. We're thinking about maybe looking in Washington, maybe she's like, I'm on it. So she went and found this new community that's building houses. So it worked out. So we found a house there. So we're moving there next week. No way. Yeah. So I, I caught you at a, at a crazy time. <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. A lot of, it doesn't feel quite real yet. Just we're packing everything and selling a lot of stuff, but it is really exciting. Yeah. So, so, Wait, so you bought a new house. You're in what part of Washington? It's called Port Orchard, Washington. So it's about an hour and a half west of Seattle. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very cool. I love the Northwest. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to be back there again. Yeah, the housing market. Oh, my gosh. It's, <laughs> it's everywhere. I just went through it last summer. So stressful. Um, yeah. But I, I think once you're settled hopefully you'll definitely different environment 
um, in oh, yeah. Washington. So how has training been in, in Utah? Do you like it? Are there parts that you dislike? I've really liked it for the most part. Um, when I came here in 2017, I think it was kind of hard to get used because it's definitely higher altitude. It's not sea level like Washington. Um, but I think honestly, it's been really good for me being at a higher altitude and there's a, where we live has a lot of Hills. And so wherever I run, I have to run up a Hill. So I think that's been really good for me. And I think Utah has a really awesome running community. There's so many runners in the area. There's a lot of people to connect with. It's a fairly, where I live is a fairly competitive running scene. And so I think it's been really good. That's great. And then, so you're unaware of where you're going in terms of the community. A lot of it's going to be new or is it pretty close to where you grew up? It's pretty, it's, we're probably like 30 minutes from where I grew up, but honestly, it's been a long time. I, last time I ran in Washington was in high school. So I don't know what the road running scene is like now. Yeah. So I, I saw you noted there was a race, I think you posted and you said your parents participated in the race. So were they runners? Is that how you got into it or no? No. So that's actually a good story. My Dad is from Chile and my mom is from Finland. Um, they came to the US. My dad came when he was 11 and my mom came in her 20s. And so they honestly, they did not do a lot of sports growing up. Um, they, yeah, they didn't do a lot of that. And so I, they're like, my dad really likes to run now. He likes to run and my mom likes to go on walks. And so I remember. I did a half marathon last fall in Utah, like a Thanksgiving trot and they came and they're like, that was so fun. That was so cool. We want to do a race too. And so I was doing the Mesa half in February and they decided to do the 10 K. And so that was really awesome to have them do that. That's cool. So I'm curious, do you know their childhood, like growing up, how come there was, there was just no emphasis on, sport or athletics or they just didn't gravitate towards it or do you know yeah i was talking to my mom about this one time and she's like honestly like like sports the way it is in the u.s is not the same in europe and especially in finland um she's like yeah i didn't really do sports growing up i why she said that she wasn't that athletic she skied like she talked about skiing to school and stuff in the winter but um nothing organized and same with my dad there was nothing there wasn't a huge emphasis in chile of sports in school to do sports you would have to find a club or a team outside of the school and sometimes that would get really expensive or it just wasn't as common as it is in the u.s yeah that's not surprising i just figured like fitness or um, physical fitness or more emphasis on that maybe Versus in the States, where the States is all about like team school sports. Um, yeah. And that's how you kind of get into it. But um, that's funny. So they, they got into it here based on you sort of inviting them. But how did you get into it here? Yeah. So my mom wanted to put us in a lot of sports growing up. And so I did soccer when I was really little. So I did a lot of soccer. Um and I don't know if it was like, I was okay at like the soccer part. It was mostly like the running part that I liked. 
like I remember they would put me on defense when I was really little and they're like okay you need to like stay by the goal and stay there and then I would like run up the field and like be at the front I was not where I was supposed to be I was not defending the goal and they're like Sarah you need to go back and so they put me like in the front as a forward and then I would like run all the way back to the goal and they're like Sarah you're not supposed to be there so I like the running part of it so I did a lot of soccer and then in junior high is when I joined the track team at school so that's how I got into that I remember we were doing different like event trials to see what events we wanted to do I was not a thrower or jumper or anything like that and so I remember that we did like an 800 time trial and it went okay and they're like Sarah have you thought about like the mile or something like that I was like oh no like I'd never do the mile that's way too long and so I did the 800 throughout junior high and high school Okay, and I love the 800. It's so simple. <laughs> so easy mentally, just two laps. Um, so that's great. Um, interesting. So it's funny how many people transition from soccer. Soccer, like, turn into such a feeder to the sport yeah. of running. So yeah. I interview a lot of people and they say, oh, I, I realized I was fast in soccer and um, not the best soccer player, wasn't as interested. And that was... Um, you know, that was the hook into it. So like the more popular soccer becomes, I wonder if running benefits from that. Um, yeah. In terms of more elite runners, especially, you know, growing up, you're seeing a more competitive landscape, way more competitive than when I was a runner in high school. I mean, there's yeah. there's so many more kids running faster just because I think there's just more participation um so yeah i think i think soccer now that you say that has like had a a role in that which is interesting yeah yeah i know it's like you said it's crazy like how many such talented fast high school runners there are i've seen like all over social media i'm like holy crap like i don't know what was, i don't know what i was doing in high school but it was not that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, every day I open Instagram, I feel like there's another high school runner who broke four minutes. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. It's like no big deal. I'm not quite that level yet, but I feel like we're heading in that direction where it's like you expect several to, to do it every year, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So then ran in high school. How competitive did you really get into it or did, was it something you liked and you had some success and then moved on to college and kind of left it behind or how did it play out? Yeah. So I loved it in high school. I was, I loved competing. I loved racing. Um, in my sophomore year, I think was when it really solidified for me. I was like, this is what I want to do. I really want to get good at this. Um, but I think something that limited me was that I was really scared of, trying new things in terms of running. Like I don't, I didn't do cross country until my junior year of high school because I was so scared of it. I was like, I don't want to run a 5k. That's so far. I don't want to run the mile in track because that's so far. And it seems like it hurt really bad. And so like coaches would be like, Sarah, you should do cross country or you should run the mile. And I was like, I really don't want to. And so I was good at the 800. Uh, but I think there was parts of me that was really scared of pushing myself because I was really scared of feeling pain. Uh, I 
I don't think I really saw my full potential in high school. And so my junior year of high school, my family moved to Boston because my dad went back to school and I loved doing track there. That's when I did cross country for the first time. And I think that's more when I started to see that I could do longer distance events. Um, but, and, th- and that's when I wanted to really pursue going after running in college. And so I really wanted to run at BYU. That was my goal. And my times were okay. They were fine, but they weren't quite good enough. And so I was really hoping that my senior year would be the year that I would hit those times that I needed to be able to run for BYU. Um, My family moved to Mexico City my senior year of high school and Mexico, where I was living, didn't have a very competitive running community. I went to an American school there and they did not have a track team. Um, And my mom did her absolute best to find me a team in the area. She found this other school that let me join and practice with them. And they were so nice, but it just it didn't work out. It, it wasn't the training that I needed. And so I didn't really get to run that year. And I think that was really hard for me because I had this goal. I wanted to run at BYU so bad. I wanted to continue my running career. Um, I didn't have the times that I needed. And so I was like, well, okay, well, I guess I'll just try to walk on at BYU, but I need to do something while I'm here. And I think that's when running, my relationship with running became very strained. I had this idea that I had this identity where I was a runner and I needed to be the best runner. And I, so I would just run on the treadmill every day after school. I would just run and run and run. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a coach. I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing. So I just like run and do like hit workouts, like all the time on the treadmill. And then that sort of translated into my eating. Um, I thought like, well, if I'm going to be a runner at BYU, I need to like fuel myself better. I need to like have better nutrition. And I I mean, you can probably guess where this is going. Um, That turned into an eating disorder. uh, And this, Sarah, Sarah, sorry to cut you off, but this is, so tell us, this is senior year of high school in Mexico? Yes. Yes. Okay. In Mexico City. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's all driven by this, you know, you're going to BYU, but you, you're really want to make sure that you continue to run. And so do you know that there's a standard there or is it just to try and get the coach's attention? You know, in general, you have to run faster. Um, both. So I had reached out to the coach that year and I said, Hey, this is my time. Um, I'd love to learn more about joining the team if that's possible. And she's like, Hey, Sarah, like, it sounds like the 800 is like more your wheelhouse. Um, but our standard for like recruiting is around a 212, and I wasn't there yet. And so that's kind of like the idea I had. I was like, Okay, well, maybe if I can like try out or walk on the team, then maybe I can be on the team. And so I was going to go to BYU anyways. And so I really wanted to run for them and you're at that point like you're doing hit workouts even though you're she's saying like you got to run 212 for an 800 so you have (laughs) you have no guidance you're on the treadmill 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just thinking, like, I just had to run really hard all the time. Obviously, like that's how I get fast is just run really fast and hard all the time. And that obviously didn't work out. And coupled with an eating disorder, I just was not in the right headspace and my body was not in the right place to improve at all. And so I remember getting to BYU that fall and there was a team that someone had put together, like a local team made up of BYU students, people that wanted to run for BYU. And they would have practice sessions and like training kind of like to help these students get good enough so that they could walk on the team. And I remember I went to a practice. I had found out about it through a friend and I just, I could not keep up. Like my body was so broken down uh, and I just, I couldn't do it. I think that was a really low point for me where I feel like my relationship with running had really kind of fallen apart. I was like, well, if I'm not a runner, then who am I? Like, I'm, I'm nothing like this has been my life the past six years and now I don't have it. And so I think that was a really frustrating part. And so I, I think at that time I decided like, I need to fix myself. I need to get this eating disorder straightened out uh, because I don't like who I am right now. Uh, my relationship with running sucks. So I'm just going to take a step back from running and get my life figured out. Wow. And th so this is freshman year at yeah. BYU. And then how mm -hmm. was there a, a turnaround or a turning point or did that go on for a little while? Yeah. So I did a half marathon that fall. I found some friends like, Hey, Sarah, we're doing a half marathon. Do you want to do it? And, and I, that was my first long distance event I've ever done. And it went fairly well for my first half marathon, but that was still in the midst of my eating disorder. And so I remember after that half marathon, I decided like, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to work on myself. And so I started meeting with a therapist focused on eating disorders and she changed my life. I like, I owe her so much because she helped me so much to overcome that negative thinking patterns about myself. Um, to actually help with the physical aspects of my eating disorder. And so I worked with her for several months and I think that was a huge turning point in my relationship with my body and my relationship with running. That's awesome. What, what did you find? Is there anything you can share that you found most helpful in terms of how to change that perspective or what got you to kind of pull yourself out of that hole? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think what really changed my perspective is realigning my priorities with the things I truly value. I think a question that came up a lot is like, Sarah, what do you really value in life? Do you value, you know, looking like a runner, quote unquote, whatever that means? Or do you value your friends and your family? Uh, do you value... <laughs> like your relationships with people do you value uh school and just everything else that didn't have it to do with my body and I think that was a really hard-hitting point for me it was like well what's the point of having this body that 
in my mind was never good enough for me if I didn't have relationships with my friends and my family. Um, and so I think that was a real turning point when I decided that I needed to change and change some things about myself. And I think one thing I would say is that it's an ongoing process. It never truly ends. Um, I mean, I think I still struggle today with those negative thoughts, but it's always going back to those reminders of what do I truly value um, in my life. And I also think that something that helped was that like whatever I was doing back then in my eating disorder was not helping my running. Um, I think it was like, well, it doesn't matter what I look like if I'm not performing. I remember, I think it was like Allie Ostrander, she posted about a similar topic and she was saying, you know, do you want to look like a runner or do you want to be a runner? And I think that's something I always have to go back to is, you know, like, okay, whatever. Do I look like a runner? Well, I can't run. I'm not performing at my best. So why does that even matter? And I know right now where I'm at and I'm feeling like the strongest I've ever been, like, I feel like a runner. I know I'm doing the best I've ever done because I've been trying to improve this challenge that I've had. Amazing. That's powerful. Um, we just actually sent out a newsletter. You kind of touched on this idea of kind of thinking about what you value and your values and um, also practicing, right? You talked about the negative thoughts and um, that's something that we have to train too. Like we, we so fall into that trap of it's just physical, it's physical and that's what you need to train. And um and I, I fell into the same trap too when I was trying to reach standards, shooting for standards and times and, you know, fell out of love with the sport. Um, so it's very, you touch on a lot of things that, that I encountered too, just kind of yeah. this idea of in order to be good, you have to be as light as you have to, as light as you can be versus sort of eating, you know, to support yourself and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a dangerous sort of game that, that you can get sucked into. Do you remember like in high school when you're shooting for the standard, just kind of looking at the team and feeling like, okay, that's what I have to do. And you just didn't have any guidance, anyone to kind of, you know, take care of you through that process. It was just a young, a young kid who was like, oh, look at them. This is what they must do or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would look at the team and be like, okay, well, if I need to hit a 212, then I need to look like that. Or like, they always, yeah. you know, every time someone posts a workout, they often post like their tough workouts where they're going hard, which is not every day. Um, and so I'd look at that, I was like, well, they're running hard and fast. So I need to do that too. And obviously having no coach, no mentor to help me. I, yeah, it ended up being a disaster. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, it's a shame. Every, every kid should have a coach in that position to help them. It doesn't mean that they would have prevented you from, you know, going down that, that road, but it's just a shame. There are so many kids who just don't have that guidance. The parents don't have the ability or sometimes the kids don't want to 
listen to their parents, you know, when it comes to certain things, but um, depending on your relationship. But yeah, it's just a shame. There's so many programs or lack of programs or lack of coaches who have, um, you know, the, the knowledge base or expertise or just, um, you know, the, that they care. Uh, there's a lot of coaches that just, they don't get that involved, not to, you know, take a knock on, um, certain coaches. I think a lot of coaches try hard, um, but they just don't have that expertise, you know, in that position, you know? Right. And I will say like the coaches I did have my, in my early high school years, I love them and they supported me so much, but I think you touch on a good point where at that time in my life, like those sorts of topics didn't really come up. It's just, I would go to practice and they sure. would support me at practice, but things like nutrition outside of practice, like that never came up and we just didn't talk about it. And so when my senior year, when I didn't have a coach or anything like that, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Like back in the day, like I would just go to practice and like eat like a box of like goldfish crackers and then like we'll run hills after that. And like, you know, like I had no idea what I was doing. So I think today it has improved a lot. I think a lot of coaches in the high school sphere have gained a lot of knowledge on this topic. And I think things can always be improved. I think we're getting to a better place where there is more discussion on that topic. Yeah. Yeah. There's still a ways. I mean, I, I still hear about it in college, um, yeah. but it's definitely improved from when I was there. I mean, that's a whole nother episode or two or three, four episodes <laughs> yeah. um, to discuss this topic. But I, I did love you. You were saying like 800, 800. I couldn't even fathom doing a mile. And then your friends were like, let's do this half marathon. <laughs> um, so you jump right up to the half marathon. Yeah. And did that, did that kind of change your perspective at that point? Like, was it fun or did you feel a different sense of accomplishment when you did that? Did that, did that change anything at that point or no? Yeah, it was different for sure. I kind of changed in that like, oh, like maybe track is not the only way mm. I can keep running. Because I thought it's like, okay, well, I have to run track. I have to run the 800 on a track for me to continue running. And so the half marathon was like, oh, like this is different. Like I can keep running and not have to run on a track. So it was kind of exciting in that way. It was something different. And I kind of liked the sense of accomplishment I felt from doing a half marathon. I loved the long runs. I just loved seeing what my body could do. It's like, oh my gosh, like I just ran like 10 miles in a row without stopping. Like that, that's amazing. Like I can't believe I just did that. So yeah, transitioning into road running was like a whole new world I didn't even realize before. Did the pursuit to, to make the team, did that um, go on throughout college or was there a point where you, you gave up on that? Yeah, I think after my freshman year and when I had taken a step back a little bit from running and was in therapy, I think there was a point where I was like, you know what? Like, I think if I try to pursue this anymore, I don't think it will be beneficial for me. And obviously like hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't, I really 
think it could have gone either way. If I had made the team, it could have gone really well. Or if I had been able to make the team, like who knows, like it could have been harder for me in the long run. I could have burned myself out or who knows, like my eating disorder could have gotten worse. Like there's no way of knowing, but I think looking back, I think that time off from running and focusing on other things was really good in making myself be a more balanced person overall. And so I think honestly, like I think that time off was what helped my current relationship with running. Yeah. So it seems, I mean, just from the outside here and listening to you, it seems like, yeah, what you're doing today. So interesting to kind of rewind and see if you still would have ended up, um, you know, in this position, but from what we can tell, right. To me, it seems like you making that decision, which must've been so hard and maybe it was devastating at that point, or maybe it wasn't, but, um, what a tough decision. And it, to me, it just seems like, yeah, it, it was the best move and things turned out, you know, quite all right from what we can tell. Right. Yeah. And of course, like, like you, I was mad at that time and I was devastated because I thought like, this is the only way I can keep running. So I can't run anymore. And so this is so hard. Um, and I'm, really religious and so at that time I was like mad at God I was like why are you doing this to me like I wanted to run like and so looking back now you know it's a little bit different it's like okay like I see you God like I like you know you're watching out for me so I am very grateful for that experience as hard as it was at the moment looking back now it is (laughs) different perspective (laughs) Sure, sure. So get us from getting out of college to when you connect with your coach now and how you connected with him. Um, so yeah, fill in the fill in the blank there if you could. Yeah. So I took a couple years off of running. Completely. Uh, not I would run like casually, maybe like two or three times a week, but I wasn't doing races really um, not competitively. So it was more just like, I'm just going to run because I feel like it, not because I have the need to. So I'd say between 2018, 2019 was a off time from running. Um, in 2021, I decided that I wanted to get back into running and I thought, I felt like I'm, I think I'm in a much better place now with my body and with my relationship with running that I think I want to get back into it. Actually, what really got back into it, I was watching the Olympic trials in 2021. And I remember, I think it was the 1500 and there was a woman, Sarah Lancaster, and they were talking about her and there's like, she's a lawyer. I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? She's like, she has a full-time job and she's like this good at running. Like, so I was intrigued by that. Cause I honestly, at this point I thought I was like, I'm just going to run like for fun. I'm not going to try to get back into competitive racing. And so I was so intrigued by her story. So I reached out to her on Instagram. I found her Instagram. I was like, Hey, like I saw you in the trials. Like you did so amazing. How, like, what are you doing? Like, do you, how do you find a coach or a team? Like, And so she reached out to me and she's like, yeah, like I found a coach. 
and a team to train with. And I was like, I didn't like this concept of like finding a coach in, <laughs> as an adult. I was like, what? Like, I didn't know that was possible. Like I can keep running. And so I did a half marathon that summer and I just trained by myself. I didn't have a coach at the time and it went fairly well. And so I was like, I don't know, like maybe I should like look into this whole coach thing. And so I, I didn't know anything about finding a coach. I didn't know where to look. I don't know how people find coaches these days. So I just Googled like coaches in Utah and I found a couple, talked to them on the phone. But I mean, at this point, like, I don't know anything. I don't know like what a good coach is and you're supposed working, to be like. You're working full time at this point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did working. you run for that half? I ran Just a 123. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then so you're you're on the search for coaches going yeah. through that so, process. So I was like, well, I don't know what to look for in a coach. So I'm just like, I just, I'll just go off their vibes. Like if I just have good vibes coming from these coaches. So I talked to a few and I had a family friend reach out to me from when we were living in Boston. And she said, hey, Sarah, like, have you thought about uh, Dave Ames, he coaches Julie Kellett, who is another one of our family friends. And I was like, oh, like I should look out, reach out to him. Cause I know Julie, sh she had qualified for the Boston marathon several times. I was like that, that's a pretty good track record I'd say. And so I emailed Dave and I said, Hey, I just am curious. I just want to like get to know you better. I'm interested in coaching. This is, these are my times right now. And so we got connected over a call and he was just talking about his coaching philosophy. He's really big on holistic coaching and really finding joy in running and wow. loving running. Exactly. I was like, I was like, I don't know. This sounds great to me. Like I just, I resonated so much with his philosophy and I asked him, I was like, Oh, like, what are your like thoughts on like mileage or whatever? Like, are you like a high mileage guy? He's like, he's like, I don't like subscribe to like a specific plan. It's, it's a you plan. He's very much a one-on-one -on -one personalized coach that is all in on what works best for you. And so I was like, okay, like, I think this is going to work out. And I, yeah, it has been amazing. Like it's, I've been working with him since for nine months and it, I can't ask for a better coach and experience. Oh, wow. So it, I didn't realize it was that recent. Um, yeah. Okay. So nine months, 123, you kind of, that's where you were at when you started with Dave. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. And you're, you just ran 32.59 for 10K, right? Yeah. Is that right? Wow. So that I think the V dot equivalent's like one twelve or something like that for a half. But you've already run what's your PR? One fourteen something in, in the half? Yeah, it's a one thirteen oh, fifty sorry. something. One thirteen? Mm-hmm. Fifty. Okay. Yeah, I don't wow. know what it's something like that. So a nice ten minutes off your, your half in uh nine months. Unreal. So it it has come obviously super quickly, but like what, uh, so it seems like you found 
the right person that was kind of lucky to find someone i think you absolutely needed you probably would have improved i'm sure if you had a coach that was applying some good principles but this was like perfect like for what you needed at this time and um so what was the big difference so was everything new like when you started with him was it everything was completely new or was just curious there were some principles i had like heard about before like you know making easy days easy and uh, hard days hard but i think the biggest difference was learning patience i think in high school i was just so like focused on this one goal of running at byu that i didn't have patience. I was like, I just want to run these times right now. And I don't care how I get there or I don't want to run the mile. Like I, I know like the coach thinks it might be a good idea for me to run the mile, but I just don't want to. And so there was a lot of like pushback from me in high school. And so when I was started working with Dave, I started to get this approach where, you know what, like, honestly, I don't know anything. I, I know so much less than I thought I did about running and Dave knows so much more. And so I am just gonna, you know, listen to what he says, learn from him, learn about running, pretend I'm a little kid at school again, and just learn about it and just kind of take it as it comes and not get so hung up on like little failures. If I have a bad workout day, I'm just not going to just focus on it. And so I think what's really changed is having patience to enjoy the process and enjoy running. I think something like every week when we have our calls, Dave's like, so you still, are you having fun? Do you still like running? And I said, yeah. And he says, okay, well, let me know when it's not fun for you anymore or when you don't like it. Cause then we'll, we'll just take some time off. And so I think I love it's that. just completely changed how I feel about running and what it has been for me. I love that. Especially like, I'm assuming, is he remote or do you guys meet in person? Is he nearby or no? He's based in LA, but oh, okay. sometimes, well, we've met a couple of times before at races. So in Mesa and in Orange County, we met in person. Yeah, I think with like, especially remote coaching, the challenge is being connected and, you know, you can't see what's going on. Um, can't kind of feel it. You're not with that person in person so i like that check-in because i think coaches can get in the habit of like okay next week you know here you go or i don't know if he some coaches deliver like two weeks at a time or a month at a time or maybe more of a training block at a time but um yeah i feel like you can get sort of caught up in that and just kind of not check in with the athlete or you lose touch. And so that's a great way. I, I feel like I want to steal that from Dave to kind of check in with my athletes. Cause it's so, that's so huge. I mean, walk us through, walk us through a workout, like one of the first workouts that you got and like what you were thinking and, and how it went. Yeah. So I, I think one of the first workouts that I remember was a hill workout. It was, I think it was like eight by one minute hills. And I was so terrified because the last time I did hills was in high school. And I think 
at least three times I would throw up after a hill workout. Like my nickname in high school was literally chunks because I would throw up. Anyways, TMI. Anyway, so I was scared for this workout. (laughs) Um, um, But he, it wasn't even about the paces. He would put notes in the workout and he would say, okay, we're really focusing on biomechanics here. We're working on your form. And so he would talk about like head up, um, make sure like your arms talking about arm swing and like how my knees should be. And it wasn't, he was not even mentioning paces. It was just more effort, like 80 to 85% effort, 90 to 95% effort on the last couple. And I was like, this is so different for me. I'm like so used to just being focused on this time I need to hit on these workouts. And this, it was just so different. And so I just like, it took so much pressure off of these workouts because I still struggle with this, but like, I would get so anxious before workouts, just thinking like, what if I don't hit the times? Like I'm scared Mm. of hurting, but like focusing on effort instead completely changed my outlook on how workouts should be. And that I think that that's one thing I really remember from those first early workouts. That's great. Um, well, maybe a lame question, but did you in your mind feel like, okay, I knew I could do this or are you surprised that you've run as fast as you have? Um, at this point, is this like, holy crap, Uh, I'm a little surprised. I think, I think I'm very surprised at how, like in such a short amount of time Mm. I've improved. I think for a while I felt, I was like, there's so much more I want to do with running. And I feel like there's more I can give to the sport and more that I can learn from the sport. And so I thought maybe in like a couple of years, I, maybe I could hit times like this. I did not expect to hit it in such a short amount of time. And Sarah, how are you holding up in terms of like, again, back to your relationship with the sport and how much you're enjoying it. And I can imagine as you're getting faster that naturally you're now thinking of, okay, What's the next barrier? What's the next time? Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you manage that? Or is that not happening? Do you feel free of having to hit certain standards? We'll talk a little bit about your goals and stuff going forward, but just curious. It's a good question. I think in terms of my overall relationship with running, I feel so much more free than I ever have. I think the danger that I'm worried about is with these races having gone so well you know it's like it's inevitable that I'm gonna have a bad race that I'm gonna run a time that I'm not happy with that is gonna happen and so I'm really trying to prepare myself and see this all as a part of a process because I don't know how I'm going to react if I have a race that I'm not happy with, or it's like, it just has a bad day, even though it's going to happen. And so uh, I've been working through this a lot with, I have a dietitian that I work with and she's amazing. And we've talked about this a lot where I was like, I don't like, I'm scared. Like, what if I just have a bad race? And it's just part of the process. And 
I do have to remind myself of that because it is going to happen and it's okay. And yeah, it's going to be okay. No, it's good. I think you, you, you're in a nice spot now where you're getting proper direction and you're realizing more of your potential, right? So your improvement, you know, curve is going to be, you know, much higher and, and better and faster. And then over time, you know, it's going to, get harder to keep improving. Obviously, if you keep running faster, that's just how it goes. But yeah. Um, so yeah, you kind of balance that, keep that perspective, I think is a great thing. Um, what are you doing now to beside you mentioned really focusing on on nutrition? Mm-hmm. Um, what else to take care of yourself? How, how much volume do you typically I know that's not like a focus. But where do you typically land and then how do you support your body right now um, to kind of maintain this? Yeah. So after my 10K a couple weeks ago, uh, I just took a week completely off of running. Um, And then this week, slowly getting back into it, like no more than 35 miles. What I've learned is what's really working is like gradual increases and just kind of like monitoring my body at all times. So a few weeks before my 10K, I think I hit like my max, which was like my max volume I ever did was 60 miles and my body was super tired. And so Dave was like, okay, just like, let me know how you're feeling, like make sure you're sleeping a lot. I think that's something that I've had to really take charge of is like sleeping more and eating enough to, to support my training. And that's been a huge help from my dietitian in helping me get to that point. Cause I didn't know what I was doing in terms of nutrition. And so having support like that has really helped and learning more about strength training has, I think has significantly improved my resistance to injury. Like I never really did strength training before. And so I've been trying to incorporate that more consistently. And I think that's helped a ton. That's great. Um, So not super high mileage, which is also exciting. And um, I mean, it looks like you're thriving. I always love what Jack says, because this kind of touches on you thinking about, okay, if, if that's how they look, that's must be what you have to do. And same thing with mileage, right? So it's like, oh, that's what, these elite runners do that's yeah. what I have to do and um seems like you're in a good spot and he always makes the point because someone will say well how much you know should I be running this these are my goals this is what I what I'm racing for and he's always like well you know start here start at the least that you need to and then see how long you can go and keep improving you know why would yeah. you keep it's like someone you see them improving and then they keep like adding in more I don't know if that's just naturally runners or humans but it's like okay i've got to do more to keep improving and he's like why change anything like it's working right Right. you know yeah if if you hit if you hit like uh, a wall you know or you not necessarily like you burn out i'm saying if you run into a point where you plateau i guess the better um analogy so if you plateau then figure out and maybe it's not mileage maybe it's more or better strength training or more rest or more 
everyone sorts like likes to sort of crystallize it you know or narrow it down to like mileage for some reason and uh so it's refreshing to hear that that you've kind of resisted you know dave has sort of resisted that urge to like sarah is so good she's so talented like let's get her to the moon you know next year um so it's nice yeah yeah i think and i think what's especially hard like you said like looking at these elite runners seeing like the kind of mileage they do and think like well i need to do that if i want to be an elite runner um but i mean like you said like i'm seeing the success now and i'm this improvement now so why why like change anything why make it dramatically increased or stuff like that something I try to do in leading up to race weeks is like, I just go off social media completely because I I do struggle with that. I do struggle with confidence leading up to races when I see other runners and they like, they're like, yep, just did a 90 mile week, which works for them. And that's what they need. But it can, you can get in your head a lot looking at that and it can mess with your confidence. And so I think really just, remembering that this is my training it's not anyone else's training other people's training is not my training i just need to focus on what is working for me it's a great point about social media especially like if you're seeing strava or what that particular athlete's doing and you're like whoa like look how much they're running yeah i remember we talked to lynn jennings and she was obviously pre social media Unfortunately, you know, she didn't, I don't think she gets enough credit or notoriety for what she accomplished and how fast she was um, and the races she won. But she, back then it was like, you didn't really know, you may, unless you were talking to some of your competitors at races afterwards, right. you know, and picking their brain. Otherwise it was just kind of um, maybe hearing through the grapevine, maybe what they were doing, but I remember her saying that, like how differently did she did train compared to the people near on her level. And at one point when she overheard what some of her competitors were doing, it kind of threw her off because she was like, oh, do I need to be doing that? And then she realized right. I cannot maintain it. I would just get hurt. Um, right. So, yeah, it's a good point to kind of really focus on you and and you you kind of alluded to it too like with dave that's like complete you said throwing everything out the window almost when you started with him like i know nothing um you can trust your instincts still but complete trust in your coach which i think is actually really hard even if you appreciate and love your coach Mm -hmm. to have complete trust where you go with the flow Versus like, well, I added a little bit more mileage. I feel like I just needed a little bit more or, you know, subconsciously you're like, I feel like a little extra running will help, you know, even though that's not what the coach ordered. So I love that. I think that's so important. Just kind of complete trust. Otherwise, you know, why are you working with them? You know? Right. Exactly. And, you know, you know, we're, we're paying money, so (laughs) might as well do everything he says. And it's yeah, been yeah. great so far. So what's upcoming? We'll close with that. What's upcoming? What what if you're willing to share or if there's any goals, um, goal races, um, milestones maybe that you're shooting for um, short or long term? Just curious what you're 
what, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, I think overarching goal of everything is just, you know, see how far I can go in the sport. Right now, I'm in a good place. And so I'm going to, this summer is going to be a little bit quiet, just um, doing some local races in Washington. Um, but I'm going to start a marathon build. I'm gearing up for wine glass marathon this fall in October. Wow. So, Very cool. First exciting. one. I did a marathon a couple years ago. Um, I was a total noob. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I was like, Oh, I don't need gels. Like I'll be fine. And anyway, so I'm <laughs> looking at wine glass as a reset and a, a chance to redeem myself in the marathon. And honestly, I'm treating it like my first serious marathon. Um, I think I'm just going to take this summer to learn the marathon and just take it as it comes so I'm excited for that. Okay, cool. So it's not, is this like a big transition or you guys are still in this phase of growing and, you know, not worrying about qualifying or being so focused on particular distance? It's, it's all part of a learning growing phase. I think I would love, I mean, it would be amazing to qualify for the Olympic trials um, but I don't want to, I'm afraid of making that like my one hard, fast goal, because then if I don't hit that, then, you know, I don't want to see it as a failure. Um, so I think overall, I want to learn the marathon and be able to run it right and run it to the best of my ability. Um, if an OTQ comes with that, like that would be amazing, but I need to learn how to run a marathon. That sounds great. I love it. Um, we'll end on that note, Sarah. Um, it was a pleasure chatting with you. We're excited to kind of yeah. to follow along. Um, we'll be on social media watching you, whether whether you're on or not. We'll be um, peeking in to see how you're doing and just excited. This is so excited for you and happy that you're back running you. and finding joy in the process. Yeah, thank you so much, Brian. It was a pleasure to meet you. All right. Ciao. Take care. See ya. Bye. I've been over here.